Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. statement you know we've been on this series of of i am statements kicked off by uh, by steve and then then phil last week um i was reminded of the joke have you heard the joke about um how many christians it takes to turn on a light bulb do you know it's a joke 10 nine to pray against the power of darkness and one to switch it on um i thought i'd just lead with um a good old chestnut but you know why are we preaching on this series apparently it, it matters to god um how we see him in the church, we're apt to try to get people to do things. We're apt to try to get people to believe things. Um, but it's our vision of God um, that is perhaps even more important. For our actions flow out of what we believe, and our actions flow out of, um, uh, out of that vision. So these I am statements are, are critical for us. It's Jesus' intention this morning that we would have an accurate vision of who God really is. Amen. So let's hear what Jesus has to say. We're going to be, we're going to spend most of our time in the Gospel of John. Um, I don't have an amazing PowerPoint like Phil. I don't know if Phil's here this morning. He has some really cool PowerPoints. He's somewhere here. Um, I don't have that. So I'm just, just going to go old school with, with some scripture passages that should come up over, overhead. So we'll be in John. We've got these seven I am statements to jump straight in that are portraits of Christ. And they, they almost always led him to conflict with his enemies. Uh, in John 7, if you've got your Bibles, we see that there's a Jewish feast of tabernacles. And that essentially was a seven-day feast where um, the people would come to Jerusalem to pilgrimage to the temple. So just to kind of briefly describe it, when the feast is half over, Jesus arrives to teach. And there's a big debate. There's a dissension about who Jesus is. You know, they doubt him. You know, he heals someone and they say that he's demon-possessed. Um, they continually doubt his, his authority. And then we get to the moment of truth, and this is in John 8, 12, our passage for today. It says, Jesus addresses the crowd again. I'll just go ahead and read. Well, there we go, yeah. Um, and he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I'll always remember those two words, light and life. Our daughters who aren't here today, Ava and Leora, their names mean light and life. So that will always stick with me. But what do we do with this? When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. I like to have some moments of, of reflection in our, when talking they call it Selah moments. So there'll be times where I'll pause and that's just a moment for us to reflect and to let God speak. You know, the light, light is a strong theme throughout scriptures. The first recorded words of God in Genesis are what? Let there be light. And at the very end in Revelations 20, 21, we see John sees the heavens and the, and the new earth. And he says, in the temple, there's no need for light. God's glory is the light. And Jesus is the lamp. So the Bible is bookended by light. And when we go to Jesus' own words, he says, I am the light of the world. There are so many beautiful scriptures 
in Isaiah 9, again, we don't need to turn there, but you might remember it says, um, the people have walked in darkness and they've seen a great light. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, um, that being Jesus. So what, what is light? Well, light does a number of things, doesn't it? it? It reveals, it brings clarity. So it allows you to see something for what it really is. Light direct, it shows you the way to go. Light brings hope, which is why we say things like there's light at the end of the tunnel. I was thinking about the, Jesus, the, the first century context that the Jews found themselves in. And imagine, you know, there's no electricity back then, right? And imagine being in shadowy homes, you know, with oil lamps, casting, you know, silhouettes across the walls. Your sleep and your work patterns being dictated by how much light there is available. It sounds trivial, but I imagine that when Jesus says you will no longer walk in darkness, I suspect those words had an extra layer of meaning, um, compared to our sort of always switched on world, or our always, our always switched on world. So, Jesus, but he's not talking about give us, giving us night vision goggles or, or, or causing us to see it in the dark, but he's, he's talking about something profound. Let's be clear, Jesus is saying to me, he's saying to you today, that if you need revelation, if you need direction, if you need hope, if you're in a place of confusion, He's saying, come to me, interact with my life. Light brings clarity, brings guidance, brings hope. But not only that, John 1, first, uh, first John 1, 5 says, God is light and in him there is no darkness. So it follows then, doesn't it, that there's no darkness in God and so God is good. So light represents God's goodness. And there's a question for us this morning. Do we really believe that God is good? Have we got a question mark on God's goodness? So God is light. In our own world, we, we, there, there are people who maybe act as light to us, people that you like to listen to. Who is your light? Gary Vaynerchuk. Anyone heard of Gary V? Hands up if you heard of Gary V. Famous entrepreneur at the moment. John was laughing. I mean, he's got tons of subscribers. I imagine a lot of people follow him. Um, Brene Brown, Russell Brand, Will Smith, and the list goes on of authors and entertainers who, who perhaps are hope for people. Paul says in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, he says, Satan masquerades like an angel of light trying to deceive us. Are we able to discern when it's God guiding us and when it's not? I'm not saying Russell Brand is Satan or, 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 um, or Gary Vee, for that matter. Um, all right, can we go a little deeper? Yeah, we ready? So let's go into scripture. We talked a little bit about the light. Uh, the challenge is that sometimes we find ourselves in darkness or in dark places. So let's go to John 3. There's nothing quite like the sound of papers as opposed to iPads where you're scrolling and looking for scriptures. So, so John 3... And we're going to go to John 3. Ah, it's up here already. Great. I want to read from my... So this is, this is the famous passage where, where, where John says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And then we, we scroll down and it says um, that 
that God came in the world um, to save the world. But the verse we want to look at here is, I'm not sure the number on that, but on my one, it is 19. It says, this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who, e who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may be um, exposed or may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. So the challenge here for us is that um, sometimes we find ourselves in darkness. And indeed in the world, there are people who, who are attracted to the darkness. If you've got something to hide, darkness is probably a, a good place to be in. It's a, darkness represents a spiritual blindness. And Jesus wants to lead us out of that. So I really feel, if there's, if there's anyone here who's in a place of confusion, or you just need help, or you've got a situation that you need clarity around, I want you to bring that to mind this morning. This isn't just about me sharing words. This is really about either, either this is true or it's false. I mean, if it's false, we might as well go home, right? Yeah? Either Jesus really is the light of the world, and he has something, a gift for us, or, or he isn't. So John 9 brings this to life. If we go to, to John 9 from verse 1, quick summary. We've got a blind man that Jesus sees on the street. Um, and the disciples say to him, uh, Jesus, was it, was it this man who sinned or was it his parents who sinned? I think that's in verse 2. And Jesus answered, oh great, it's there, awesome. Is it Abby? Thanks, Abby. Um, Jesus answered, says, neither this man sinned nor his parents he was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. And let's scan down to, to five. He repeats the line. He says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he said this, he spat on the ground, made mud with saliva, and healed the man. So we have two groups of people in, in John chapter nine. We have someone who finds himself uh, blind, not because of his own situation. And we have another group of people who we're going to talk about in a moment. But this first group, person, you notice the disciples misdiagnosed his blindness for sin. You notice they misattributed his blindness um, to, uh, as something that his parents had did, and Jesus was having none of it. And I think the first lesson for us this morning, for those of us who find ourselves in a dark place, is Jesus is saying clearly that your situation, your circumstance, no matter how dark it is, no matter how bad it is, doesn't stop God from working in your life. Whatever dark situation we find ourselves in doesn't discount God, doesn't discount us from God's goodness. So God wants to lead us out of darkness. We said there are two people. The other person, you won't be surprised, are the Pharisees. I mean, and this chapter is amazing. I've, I've, I've never spent as much time in this chapter as I have the last couple of weeks. Um, and there's this constant debate. The Pharisees deny that Jesus is who he is. Um, and I'm going to whiz forward because I'm, I, I don't want to be, um, I'm just looking at the time. I'm doing all right, Vivia. Um, whiz forward. And we get to um, around verse 17. The Pharisees call the man that was healed and say, what did Jesus do? What happened? What do you say? Who do you say that he is? And the blind man says, I think he's a prophet. They say, no, you, you, you don't know what you're talking about. So they call his parents in. They say, what happened? And the parents are scared because they don't want to be kicked out of the synagogue. Do go and read this, uh, you know, or listen to the podcast um, when you read it. Because I, 
I'd love to go in more detail. And I'm just giving you, I realize I'm just summarizing. And the parents said, no, ask him, he's old enough. So they call him again. And we get this beautiful line from the song Amazing Grace in verse 25, where the man who was healed says, I don't know whether he was a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. As I said, there are two kinds of people who find themselves in that darkness. One who, fa who found himself in a situation was, which was due to no fault of his own. And as I've just said, that doesn't discount you from God's goodness. doesn't discount you from God from working in your life. Verse 39. Jesus says, I came into the world for judgment so that those who do not see may see and those who do see Sorry, yeah, and those who do see may become blind. And that sounds a bit harsh, right? You, you keep reading, it says, some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, surely we're not blind. Surely we've got it sorted. Yeah? Now notice how Jesus responds. He doesn't affirm or deny. He reframes the context and he says, if you were blind, you wouldn't have any sin. But now that you say, we see, your sin remains. So there are two kinds of people. This second group of people um, is an interesting one. I would, I'd submit to you this morning that what I think Jesus is saying is that if like the man I healed earlier, your blindness was due to circumstances out of your control, you couldn't be blamed for it. You'd have no sin. But your problem is that you claim spiritual sight. As the Amplified Version says, it's your pride that is the true blindness here. So blindness isn't the result of sin. Your circumstance that you find yourself in isn't a barrier. In this case, sin was a result of pride, and that was the true blindness here. So we're saying Jesus is the light of the world, and he wants to lead us out of dark places. You might find yourself in one of those two camps this morning. I like that someone once said, all the Pharisees aren't dead. Um, and indeed, uh, I don't think he was lying. A, a, quick, a quick story. I, I, so I work in a consultancy firm, and my, me and my line manager often talk about God on Twitter, online, and we have good conversations back and forth. He's really into philosophy, I'm really into philosophy, and we, we quite like it. So, but one day I was doing a podcast, because for work, that's one of the things, one of the things I do. As, as you do. Um, and we decided to play Scrabble on the podcast, as you do. Um, but this was really fascinating. So we're playing Scrabble, and the f he had the first um, hand, so he had the first chance to move. And the word he wrote on the Scrabble board was sin. He's an atheist. He doesn't believe in God at all. And I thought, oh, wow, God, you're really speaking. That was quick. Straight in, out of the gate. Um, <laughs> now, and I didn't want to be really obvious and feel like, Nick, did you see, did you see what, what you wrote on the board? I mean, the, the irony probably wasn't lost on him. Um, and, but he extends the word and goes from sin to sinners. I was like, wow, yeah, Lord, you're really moving. Um, planting the seeds. So, and then we moved on. I didn't talk about it. I didn't mention it to him because I just thought, okay, God is clearly doing something. And we started to talk about, we went to Pret and had a conversation about God. And I remember asking him, if God could exist, let's say God doesn't exist, but if God could exist, would you want him to exist? 
And he paused for a really long time. And you need to understand, this guy is a thought leader. He's got like 7,000 followers on LinkedIn. If he puts an article on, 300 people comment, whereas I have 10 people comment on my articles. Um, so he's, he's a pretty, you know, respected individual. So he pauses for a long time. I said, if God could exist, would you want him to, if he could? And he says, you know what, Kenny? And then he goes around the bush and says, he goes just running around and says, well, the thing with church is that when people are preaching, you kind of can't stand up and, and d debate with them. You can't have a discussion. It's just one way. And I thought, it's mm, probably quite true. Um, and, he and then he said, do you know what it is? I don't like having an authority. I don't like the, the feeling of living life and having an authority figure. And then he said, and this is the honest truth, he says, now that I think about it, Kenny, I think I'm just not humble enough. I think I, it's probably just pride. Now, I didn't say a word. He went on this journey himself. You know, he, he was there. And I, I went away thinking, one, he was really honest. He was really honest that actually what was getting in the way for him was pride. Because remember, I asked him, if God could exist, would you even want him to exist? And he's honest. Actually, no. Don't want God to exist. Quite happy with my life as it is. So, we find ourselves in situations that God wants to bring us, and God wants to bring us into the light. But for some of us, there's a barrier. It might not be pride. It might be doubt. It might be passivity. Um, I'm so aware, if I'm honest, I'm so aware of my own ability to, to, go, to give in to passivity. You know, just to turn off the spiritual, turn off the spiritual button from on to off. Um, I mean, there are seasons in my life where I've gone weeks without praying to God. And I think, wow, this is, this is a slippery slope to just being in a dark place. You know, can anyone relate to that? Am I on my own? Okay, good. There's a couple of people here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so God's promise is to manifest his light in our day-to-day -day life, regardless of what your situation is. We said at the beginning, what is light is a metaphor for hope direction, guidance, uh, guidance, and it speaks of God's goodness. As we look closer at the, the original statement where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will never walk in darkness. That's the operative word, isn't it? The promise comes when we follow Jesus. Who's on social media? Hands up if you're on social media. Okay, hands up if you have more than 100 followers. Let's see who the real influence is here. Nice and high. Don't be shy. This is not the time to... Okay, hands up if you've got more than 200 followers. Well, let's just up it. Hands up if you've got more than 1,000 followers. Wow. Is that Brett and Georgia? Gosh. All right. Nice. How many have you got, Georgia? 1,800. Anyone more than 1,800? Going, going. We've got more than 1,800 at back. Wow. Abby. Abby, how many followers have you got? 1,955 and counted. So we, we all know what it means to be on social media um, and to like someone's content, right, and to not follow them. And, um, and, and social media had this, has this thing of we're checking who's subscribing, who's following us. It's great that you guys have got so many followers. Um, we're, you're all in our, we're all, we're all envying you. But I think there's a spiritual parallel here. Because do we approach Jesus in that way? 
you know, do we like Jesus' content, but we don't follow him? Do we like Jesus' words from a distance without actually following him? This is going to sound harsh. My spiritual mentor has got a, um, a phrase that he uses called vampire Christians. And he says vampire Christians are people that want a bit of Jesus' blood. They're happy to acknowledge that Jesus died for them. But to follow him, that's probably pushing it. Now, I'm not saying there are any vampire Christians here this morning. But I think that's worth considering. And, and we've got to see this in the light that Jesus speaks about this. We, we, when Jonah was, and the team were singing this morning, I, want to be, I just want to be where you are. We've got to hear Jesus singing to us, I just want to be where you are. This is not me on LinkedIn saying, please follow me, please follow me. It's, know, it's Jesus knowing that because when we follow him, when we interact with his life, we step into a whole new kind of life. We integrate our lives with an utterly different reality that brings hope, that brings light. That brings guidance. So what does it look like on a day-to-day basis? I know no one here wants to be a vampire Christian, wants to just have a bit of Jesus' blood. We want more than that. So how does God's light manifest itself in our day-to-day lives? The Bible is the primary source of God's light. Psalm 119, I think it's 110, it says, your word is a lamp, a light unto my path, or a lamp unto my, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. I'm using the King James Version. So his word, it's all well and good us talking about God is the light of the world, but what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? And it starts with the basic instructions before leaving earth, as they like to call it. Just, when you, just like when you're reading at night and you can't see and you bring the lamp closer to your book. The Bible is, is the, the word of God we bring side, to side by side of our life situations so that we can ensure we're seeing clearly. One of the tools as a working in leadership development at, at work, one of the tools we use is Johari's Window, which is a, a, um, a tool created by two psychologists called, surprise, surprise, Joe and Harry, they call it uh, Joe Harry, Um, and it's a a two-by-two matrix because all of life is solved by two-by-two matrixes, if you're a consultant, Um, and and in one of the boxes, it's labeled blind spot because it describes things that you can't see that people can see, (coughs) and actually, sometimes God's light comes through other people. It might be a dream. I'm sure there's a lot of people who dream here. It might be a prophetic word. You know, divinely inspired pieces of information about our present or our future as a way of bringing hope and light. So what does it look like for God to be the light of the world in our own lives? We don't want to be in darkness. We want to come out of those dark places of doubt, ignorance, and pride. It looks like being in in the word. But it's, it's God's voice, which can come through dreams, prophetic words. Um, I'm currently in a place career-wise where I, I don't think I've ever been in this place. I think as, so I started off teaching for about nine years and then did, did a lot of coaching uh, before joining a consulting firm. And I was saying to someone the other day that for the first time in my life, I'm not sure what the next step looks like. 
It's really just cloudy. And God is amazing because I, I got a, a prof- prophetic word a couple of years ago where God said he wanted to bring alignment and wanted to bring me into di- to the direction that he had for my life. And that has constantly been <coughs> a shining light for me. That's been the thing that I've held on to. <coughs> About 15 years ago, um, a friend of mine gave me a journal and said, Kenny, I think you should have this journal. I didn't know why I needed it. 15 years later, I've got about 20 journals stacked up in my library um, because that was a primary way in which God was speaking to me and I was receiving light and guidance. It's not God's will that any of us go around the mountain like the Israelites did and go in confusion. And there's an opportunity for us this afternoon to take authority over that darkness, over those dark places, to take authority over confusion. I'm not unique. Many of you here hear from God. And God wants to communicate to us. So we're going to get ready to close. And I first of all want to pray. And then I think we may ask the band to... Viv is shocked. She thinks, oh, you didn't run over time. <laughs> Sorry, I first said that in my head. <laughs> um, you know, in Ephesians, there's a wonderful prayer that Paul prays. And it's Ephesians chapter uh, chapter 1. I haven't given it to Abby, so um, it may not come up on the screen. But Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. And it says, I pray that God of our Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So that... Your, and, and the Amplified talks about your heart may be flooded with light. Here it says that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. At the start I said, if, is, is there something which is bringing confusion? You need some guidance. I'm going to pray the prayer of, of Ephesians over us this morning. Father, we thank you that you are indeed light. Father, we, we choose to stand and, and take authority. Come, come along, Jono and the team. We choose to stand and take authority over darkness, over dark places, because you said in John that um, you are the light of the world and darkness cannot comprehend your light. So I first of all pray that you would flood our hearts with light and revelation, Lord. Father, may you flood every single corner of our hearts and our minds with your light. That we would see things for what they really are. We'd see relationships, job situations, careers. We'd see things how they truly are. You'd make it obvious, Father, to us, because that's what your light does. Thank you that we can trust your goodness, because that's what you're saying to us this morning. That even though we go through difficult circumstances, We can trust that you are good. I pray, living God, that you would indeed show yourself strong and alive to us this morning. That you would open our eyes to your goodness. Whoa. Where there is pride, where there is doubt, we reject it in the name of Jesus. Where there is ignorance, where there is willful disobedience or willful blindness, we refuse you in the name of Jesus Christ. Because you said, Lord, that you've come that we might see. 
So we thank you for your light, God. We thank you for your revelation. And we just receive it. We, don't, we, don't, we choose not to, to beg or to panic or be in desperation um, out of faith. We just stand in faith and just receive your light this morning. So we'll just let the band play and, and, and lead us. And if you, if you want to come up, you can. You don't have to. But this is an invitation to receive God's guidance, clarity, and direction into our hearts. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.